Welcome to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. Jackie Ressler, a divorce financial planner with almost 25 years experience, and myself, Melissa Freidenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. We are both certified divorce financial analysts and your co-hosts. If you're thinking about divorce or in the process of divorce, this is a time for you to take a deep breath and give yourself permission to gain clarity on the financial decision you're facing. While the term wealth typically refers to money and possessions, we know that truly being wealthy means a whole lot more. Together with our guests on this podcast, we will help you live wealthy after divorce. Welcome back, everyone, to Wealthy After Divorce. This is Jackie Ressler, and I am your host today. I am so excited about this topic. This is a topic that comes up in so many of my cases when we're working with clients during the divorce and especially after. Um, my guest is Mike Turkley, who is with Advanced Insurance, um, which is a partner of a larger company that's called Accrature. And Mike is a specialist in insurance, in the health insurance. He's an insurance agent. He works with employee benefits, individual policies, and Medicare policies. And I know Mike because I have been referring clients to him for years. He's helped so many of my post-divorce clients analyze their insurance and make sure that they have coverage when the divorce is over. So again, I'm really excited to have him here. So welcome, Mike. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Mike, let's jump right into it. I find that the logistics of how health insurance works after the divorce can be very confusing for the spouse who needs coverage. Can you explain what COBRA is and how it works? Yes. So COBRA really is from the employer, uh, I guess, either the spouse. And once uh, somebody loses coverage, then that triggers the qualifying event for COBRA. So then it, uh, I guess actually the, uh, a lot of times the employers have like a third-party administrator for COBRA and they will okay. send out a notice. So really they got like 14 days to notify the COBRA administrator. And then from there, they send out the notice to the, uh, whoever's losing coverage, what the rates and the, and the dates and so on. And they usually got about 60 days to elect the COBRA coverage. Okay. So but keep in mind, it's going to go retroactive to the when they lost coverage. So if they take the full 60 days to decide, it's still going to go retroactive to the date they lost coverage. So, oh, okay. I didn't, I yeah, didn't know that. They will hold, yeah, they will hold the premiums for that. And okay. really, the bottom line is COBRA is really the same coverage you had with the whoever employer, whatever spouse employer. Right. Coverage. Okay. So it's the same kind of coverage, the same policy. Um, Correct. But the premium payment. How is that handled when someone yeah, the, gets the premium? To- yeah, so it depends on the size of the employer. Um, under fifty in size, it's based on member level age. So it's based on their ages. The rates broken down. Now, when you get over fifty, it's based on a composite rate where it breaks down like all employees get this rate, a two person has this rate, and a family has this rate. So. It depends oh. on where, yeah, it depends on where the company falls. That's how the rate's broken out. And then COBRA will be uh, 2% um, added on for administrative uh, fees. 
Okay. And I think most people don't maybe recognize that the, that the fee is similar because when they were married, their spouse's employer covered a part of that premium. Correct. Yeah. Most of them maybe pay all of it for the employee or 50% or 75% okay. or so on. So yeah, and it's... They're not going to cover anything for the former spouse. Correct. Yeah. That's that's what the, the spouse will get a bill from probably the COBRA administrator. Okay. So there's no, um, yeah, there's no part of the coverage that people were used to their employer paying for the family that the employer is no longer going to cover. Them. Correct. Yeah, it's all on the uh, person that lost coverage. Okay. And I think that's where, and, you know, so I always tell clients that, you know, when they get divorced, they can stay on COBRA for up to 36 months. Um, but Correct. I think that for, for my clients, when we come up against, again, I have this in almost every case where one person is losing their insurance. My standard response to them is, I'm not sure if COBRA is better for you or if it's better for you to get your individual policy. Um, you, need, you, should call, you should call Mike Turkley and ask him. So right. when I send those clients to you, what does that conversation sound like when they call you? Yeah, good question. Uh, that's pretty much, yeah, I get their information, you know, name, address, uh, date of birth, and whoever's being covered, if there's any children involved that need coverage. And then from there, kind of see like what they had, what they had, I guess, their coverage from the, you know, the employer, their spouse's employer. And then kind of go from there, because that could be, you know, you say the employer coverage could be pretty rich in benefits. So it could be a lower deductible, you know, so on and so on. So you know, individual, you could save a lot of money from COBRA by, you know, going with the higher deductible and that kind of sort of things too. Okay. So yeah, kind of look at what, you know, what's their budget, what do they want to pay per month, you know, what sort of deductible they feel comfortable with, you know, go on like that, that kind of things. So is it a good rule of thumb to say that in general, that COBRA is going to be the better coverage for most people? It's going to be probably, yes, probably richer coverage. Yes. More comprehensive. Okay. okay, so more comprehensive would mean lower deductible. Yeah, if you're not familiar, like say first dollar benefits are uh, benefits that you would have before deductible. So like a doctor visit, a specialist doctor visit, uh, emergency room, urgent care, prescription drug coverage. Those all you can pay first dollar. You pay a flat copay for those services before deductible. Now on the that's on the employer side, the Cobra. On the individual side, a lot of those benefits, besides maybe a doc a primary doctor visit, you pay a flat copay, but everything else, like a specialist and even emergency room or urgent care copays and prescription drug copays, you're gonna have to meet after you meet your deductible. So okay. All right. not really like first dollar. So you might get that doctor visit if you're sick or so on, but after that. You're going to have to meet that deductible. So it depends on what level of deductible you go with, high or low. And then obviously the premium is driven off that too. Is yeah, that's okay. I see. So when people are contacting you and you're writing a quote for them, you're looking at different deductible amounts in terms of coming up with that premium, the dollar. Correct. Correct. Okay. As of when the Affordable Care Act came to play, uh, it was signed in law in March of 2010. And then it came effective like January of 2014. So after that, there's no pre-existence. So yeah, they don't look at any. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you could be sick or any condition, pre-existing condition, and there's no exclusion at all on health okay. insurance. Okay. 
And that that is a huge that was a huge benefit and a big change in the law when that went through. Yes. That really benefited a lot of my clients who might have been, you know, older, had had right. health problems and then couldn't get coverage when COBRA was done. Um so that was that Correct. was always a problem. So it's great that we don't have that problem anymore. Right. Um, what are the things that really drive that premium up when you're looking in the market for, for people that are getting their own policy? Is it mental health coverage? Is it, um, you know, any, so there's no health underwriting whatsoever. So it can't be, can't be anything related to any specific disease, but um, what does drive the premium up? Just the yeah, age? Yeah, it's, it's definitely age, and then the deductible is a big factor also. And then I guess a third thing would be there's a, a PPO plan, and a PPO is a preferred provider organization, which means you have in and out-of-network benefits. So if you go in with the in-network doctor, you're going to pay lower than going with the out-of-network doctor. Okay. Now, then, then an HMO is a health maintenance organization. An HMO only has in-network benefits. so. You have to see a doctor that's in that network. And obviously with that, well, I don't know if it's obviously, but the HMO is going to be probably 8 to 15% lower than a PPO. But I would say majority of that probably uh, clientele, would they go with an HMO because it's, it's a lower rate. Okay. And what would you recommend? I'm never sure what the best time is to refer clients to you. Is it when they file for divorce? Is it? As they're getting close to the end, is it even maybe after the divorce is done? That's um, it's pretty much well. The the, the key really is going to be driven off the one they lose coverage, because from there they got sixty three days to enroll into another plan, unless they take Cobra, of course. So, okay. But if they're yeah, if they're say they're uh, just got filed, whatever, whoever filed first, and they want to start maybe start looking, that's fine too. We can start quoting them, okay. kind of give them an ex- idea, like you know, here's what you're going to pay, right? So, okay, and then so they, my preference would be to send clients sooner rather than later because I'm helping them with their budget, and Correct. so we want to have some idea of what the premium would be. When they come to you and they get a quote, is it, is it possible that that quote could change dramatically by the time if the divorce was done, let's say six months later? No, the, actually, the only time it would, the rate will change because once we're like say 20, 2023, the rates are pretty much filed with the state for the okay. the policies. The only thing that would change if they had a birth there and, and that person's older within okay. that six to six months you mentioned. So, okay, I got say it. we so, quote it like now, say we quote a July 1st date. And then they, um, they need coverage October 1st. Well, they had a birthday maybe September, September, right? So then they're going to be a year older. So actually the rate will change based on their age now. Okay. And is there any age that people need to watch out for? So where that would, where the rate really jumps up? It, it's not? somebody, honestly, somebody like 60 to 65. So it's before Medicare. Mm-hmm. They, they actually get pretty, they get uh, pretty high up there. Okay, and I was so, kind of tell them, don't, don't, you know, don't shoot the messenger because I'm just kind of showing you what the rates are and that's all I can do really. Okay. So between 60 and 65 is the time when the rates get more expensive. And it doesn't matter if you get it the year before, right? Because the following year, your rate's going to go up based on your age. Correct. Yes. Every year. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So it's not like you get grandfathered in at a, a 
a lower no, rate. No, not like, yeah, different from like a life insurance policy where you get an attain age and then that rate stays the same throughout the policy. So, okay. So for clients, now with health know, insurance, we know <laughs> Unfortunately. that, because, yeah, <laughs> we know that between age 60 and 65, those are, um, those are key years that we need to make sure that clients have the right amount of coverage. I know that you are also an expert in Medicare coverage. Um, and a lot of my clients are in that position where they need to get a supplemental policy. Can you talk a little bit about how those policies work? Yeah. So, yeah, once somebody goes on, you go on, you actually go through Social Security office and you get your Medicare Part A and B. Now, A is free if you work your 40 quarters, okay. which is 10 years. And Part B is a fee. The standard rate uh, 2023 is 164.90 for part B. So part A is hospital, part B is outpatient. Okay. So you need you need A and B to get. And then so for, from there, there's a Medicare Advantage plan and, or a Medicare supplement. So Medicare Advantage plans are kind of work like the plans you have all your life. They're a PPO or an HMO and you pay co-pays, you know, and so on for uh, any services. And a Medicare supplement is works along with Medicare, where it kind of fills the gaps of Medicare. You were telling me that you like yeah. working with Medicare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what what makes it so confusing? So that sounds is it that there's so many different carriers that you have to that you have to analyze? Exactly. Yeah. There's. I mean, like I said, really. So really, there's two options. You go Medicare supplement or Medicare Advantage. But from there, every insurance company sell a plan. I mean, you're talking Blue Cross, Priority Health, HAP, Aetna, Humana, WellCare, you name on and on and on in Michigan. It just, they all sell them. So okay, it's just a matter of, you know, what works best. Depends on what route they go, of course. So like, so Medicare Advantage, like I mentioned, HMO or PPO, same way they have network of doctors and it's better to stay in the network, of course. Now, Medicare supplement, you can actually see any doctor in the U.S. that takes Medicare, regardless of what company is with, you know, one insurance company. As long as that doctor takes Medicare, he'll accept that Medicare supplement plan. They have to. Okay. And then some doctors don't accept it because Medicare doesn't cover enough, right? So there might be some. Yeah, or, or they, Medicare doesn't pay enough in a sense. So, yeah. So, say if somebody goes to the doctor for a visit. And med the doctor bills Medicare two hundred dollars. Medicare might turn around and say no, it's only hundred dollars. So, okay, are, uh, they, are, they, are they allowed to opt out? I'm sorry. And every doctor is allowed to opt out Medicare. Yes, yeah, they pretty much have to opt in. I guess really is the key. They they're really just saying they're accepting Medicare's assignment on the fee on the payments and so on. So, okay. And it depends on what kind of plan a doctor can actually bill you the difference up to 15%. But a lot of the policies cover that where the doctor can bill you the extra money. Okay. Can you, I know this is probably a tough question, but can you give me an idea um, what the price ranges for these for the Medicare supplement and the Medicare Advantage? Yeah. Like I mentioned, you need part A and B. So B is going to cost you $164.90 standard rate. And that's per month, right? Correct. Okay. Now, if you're not, if you are collecting Social Security, they take it out right out of your check. Okay. If you're not, they bill you every three months for that fee. Okay. 
And then, so then uh, Medicare Advantage actually starts at a zero. They have a lot of plans that start at zero premium. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. So it could be. Yeah. And so Canada? actually, I kind of, if somebody's going to go with Medicare Advantage, I kind of like, I don't want to say push them, but I kind of like recommend, like, why would you want to pay a premium? And all this. So on the say Blue Cross, they have a zero premium and their highest one is $300 a month. So why would you pay? Three hundred a month just to pay maybe lower copays on services. But yeah, that was my next question for you. So the difference. Yeah, if you is never that- go, if you never go and use it in a sense, you go once or twice a year. You you might only pay. You know, sometimes the doctor visits are zero too copays. So you're paying that three hundred dollars a month, thirty six hundred a year for what? You know, and then if you go to zero premium, you may have to pay maybe twenty dollars a copay or so on. So it's it's kind of worth it overall. Looking at the math. Okay, unless you're uh, always going to a doctor. Correct. The Medicare supplement is a little different. That's based on your age. So say a 65-year-old new on Medicare, and you have to get a drug plan with the Medicare supplement. The Medicare Advantage is going to include it, but Medicare supplement. So you're looking at it probably around $200 a month for a Medicare supplement and a drug plan. Okay. It's and don't forget that. Yeah, don't forget that you still got to pay for your Part B premium. So that's always, you got to pay for that right. stuff. But for people that might be paying between the ages of 60 and 65 in their own policy, they might be paying. I mean, I've had clients that are paying $1,000 a month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it probably starts at probably 600 for a rural, you know, high deductible HMO and it probably goes up to 15, 1600 a month. Yeah. It depends on the deductible. So, wow. So once you hit it's, age 65 and you're eligible for Medicare, it's smooth sailing from that point, relatively speaking. Yes. Okay. This is such good information. I I really feel like I do not, I don't know anything about this and it's always been really confusing and you make it sound really easy to understand. Um, so is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think would be an important topic for divorcing clients to consider? I, I would just say, you know, give, you know, give like, even, not even me, but give me a call or give an agent a call. And kind of look at, you know, what's your your COBRA benefits versus an individual plan or what's your needs in a sense, too? That's kind of the key. What are you going to use, you know, use it for? Obviously, there are situations where, you, you know, unexpected, right? So something might come up throughout the year that you're not expecting. But most of the time, you might just, you know, thank God for myself. I go twice a year, once for a physical, once for a checkup, right? So Right. You're lucky. <laughs> Yeah, so that's you know, right? That's so far, but you know, you never know. So, but some people, same thing. They might go twice a year, so it might be okay to have a high deductible and just pay the flat copay for a doctor visit, right? So, right, exactly. And it's hard to predict sometimes what you're going to need. If correct, is it, when it, is there an open window when you can, um, when you can get a new policy? Like, let's say they have a client that they have. They have Cobra and they feel like it's just been too expensive and they haven't really been using it and they want to switch. Do they have to wait for a specific date or can yes. they switch uh, at any time? Yep. Good question. Yeah. Actually, open enrollment for individual is normally November 1st until December 15th. And actually, I guess last year, last open enrollment, uh, the president extended it to January 15th. So it was November 1st to January 15th. But so far, I haven't heard anything different yet. But Okay. And that's the time, that's really the only time you can actually enroll into an individual plan 
unless you have a qualifying event like a divorce. So right, right. So like for divorce, just, but yeah, yeah. So if you have no insurance and you come out, you know, hey Mike, can I get a policy? Somebody called me today and they had no qualifying event. They could not get insurance actually. Right, they'd have to wait. So. Well, there's actually, you know, there is like short-term plans they can get that just kind of like catastrophic coverage. Uh, that doesn't does not cover preventive care or, or uh, drug coverage, but I mean, there is some things. But if you want a, a straight health insurance plan, and you have nothing today, you can't you can't get one. Honestly, that's just how the is, way it is. <laughs> how long is the qualifying event good for? So if I yeah, get usually usually sixty three days. Oh, six. So it's got to be within 63 days of a qualifying. Yes. That's when you lose the coverage, really. So I would assume when they got, when the divorce is final, that's when they're going to be taken off the policy or the end of the month, I guess, too. So it depends on what the employer's language states, really. Okay. But timing is an issue. Timing is important. Yeah. You don't want to wait past that. Then you're, you're really, your qualifying events over and you can't get insurance unless it's within that open enrollment period. So yeah, that's, that would be really, that would be very scary. That happened to somebody. So I kind of would, I've not ever heard that from any of my clients. So um, hopefully I never do, but that's, um, that's a good point because I think when people are done with the divorce, they want to just be done and they don't want to continue to maybe tie up some of those loose ends, but this is one that needs to move really up the priority list. Correct. Okay. Well, thank you again so much, Mike. We are going to have your contact information in the show notes. Um, and again, you have been so helpful with so many people. Um, I know that awesome. you make it really easy for people when they call and give them information. So I appreciate that. And we really appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge with our audience today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. You can find more information on Melissa Fradenberg and Jackie Ressler on our website, www.pearlplan.com, as well as on our podcast website, www.wealthyafterdivorce.com.